0: Hi everyone, my name is Naomi Jones-Black and my pronouns are she, her and hers. I uh, I hail from Hobart, Tasmania, Australia Um, and as I'm from the island of Tasmania, I'd like to acknowledge the country that I am on today, which is Palawa country, uh, in recognition of the deep history and culture of the island that I am on today, I'd like to acknowledge and pay respects to all Tasmanian Aboriginal people, the past and present custodians of the land which was never ceded, upon which uh, I am speaking to you from today. So I am working as a Director of Organisational Change, so I'm a Head of Change in the Department of Justice in Tasmania and I lead a Change Management Office. I credi- am I am an Accredited Change Manager Master. I've been doing this thing for 15 years as a Change Manager and um, yeah, I, I- I'm also looking forward to our discussion today. Competency change capability is, is a passion of mine. I really uh, focus on creating um, and curating and distributing content to help organizations, people in organizations, to be amazing change makers uh, to realize their objectives. So yeah, looking
1: forward to the conversation today. Over to you, Kim. Brilliant, thank you, Naomi, Um, and welcome, Naomi and Gordon. I'm thrilled to be on another panel with Naomi and Gordon. We've been on previous panels together, and I I always enjoy learning new things and new thoughts and being challenged in my own thinking with the, the caliber of the panelists that the CMI attracts. So, in terms of my background, gosh, I started out doing software development way before it was sexy. Um, I did, I realized the biggest challenge was actually getting people to adopt the change and realize the value from all the technology. I did an MBA and then I've been a career consultant in change management since. Um I've worked across large-scale uh transformational changes, usually of the technology aspect um in pharma, oil, gas, energy, a little bit of finance, a little bit of retail. Um and I've been interested to see how how our industry has matured over the years from the days when you literally fire fly a team of consultants into an organization and they'd leave and they'd go and do the next thing and the next bit next bit, to now where change is actually a constant. That approach doesn't work as effectively. Um, and I'm, as I said, really interested in today's topic because I think it's definitely a reflection of where our industry has gone to. Um, I think I've I, I was asked if I would open this. I think I'd like to start by posing the the question perhaps back to Gordon, which is why is this important? Why is change manage- management competency important? Why why do we even care about doing
2: it about doing this? Yeah, look, I it's a it's a, it's a I think it's a fair question, but in some ways you you think, well, why would the question even be asked? Because everywhere we look, of course, change is happening, um, and we we've all heard the stats about how uh, what a poor take up rate there is on projects and initiatives around organisations, and you know the the. The bit of a cliche around if a company left its strategy paper on the aeroplane and the competitor picked it up, it really wouldn't matter because people are really at an implementing strategy. Um, So what makes the difference is change management. So if you want to go from to be a high performing organization, the data is out there if you want to go looking for the articles. But I struggle to think how can you really believe you're part of a high performing organization If you don't take change management and the the competencies around change management seriously because you cannot uh, be forward-looking and performing into the future without being very capable in the area of change management. Now, of course, I'm biased, but I think I'm probably talking with a biased audience, so I'm feeling like I'm in good example. Um, so that's my answer to the question. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think the answer is, or have what the answer you have for it.
0: Yeah. I'll jump in, Kim, if you if you like. Yes, please. Look, why why is change management competency important? I think that the the angle that I take is that in understanding what the comp, what competency means, which is around behaviours, what what behaviours are demonstrating the fact that we're doing change management. Uh, it's good to understand the behaviours required at each level of um, uh, within an organisation and all the different change roles, so that we know that we are fulfill- fulfilling the requirements of a change manager role, requirements of change leaders, change agents, the, the whole range of roles in, 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 in and around change management. I refer to, and I think I probably will a bit today, the, um, the CMI's accreditation model of the, the change competency models with the, with the three layers of uh, foundation, specialist, and, uh, and master. They, it's a, a great model with, a, with great benchmarks and standards and clear descriptions of behaviours at, at each level. I think with those competencies embedded in an organization, you automatically have changed competency
1: yeah i, I, I as say i I agree with you, I think um and what Gordon said also, I think my reflection I read it somewhere i can't think where it was, which is change is the new norm, people used to think a change, an organizational change, a new technology change was a, a, a bad thing and something to be frightened about. But, um, I think these days it's important for organizations to embrace. And I would call it evolution of their organization, uh, because changes is, is such an ongoing thing. And because of that, having, having an endemic change capability that you've built in your organization, I think is really important It's no longer enough to have a few specialists. You're always going to need a few specialists. But people need to have a basic knowledge and understanding of just to do some of the fundamentals, and you know I draw the analogy with my car if it needs petrol putting in there diesel putting in there, plugging and charging, um or the water topping up back can do that myself. um I have that level of competency and capability, but if it needs something more serious, I take it to tick to the garage and I get the specialist to look at it, and I think there's almost from my perspective. There's almost that need for organizations to be able to have their underpin- underlying capability themselves, um, but then also know when to call in the experts. And I, I liked the, I, I, I mean, I'm a, a change management master myself. I like the the simple but effective model that the CMI has put together. And I was also reading through the CMI's research paper um, about you know where do you start because I think that can be a big challenge for organizations they know this is a good thing to have but how do you even be, begin to get it in the doorway um, and I, I liked I didn't entirely agree but I, I like that concept of you have project change readiness you have business cha- business change readiness and you have um, strategic leadership I think they're all important components um, and with that I will stop dominating the conversation um, I don't know whether the the two of you had thoughts on on some of the papers that we read.
2: Before we go to those, just one other point that your com- the two of you comments um, sort of uh, sparked for me. While the topic of this conversation is around change management competency, I think if I can take a bit of license and go- bleed into the broader change competency of an organisation, um, the you know. I think it's broadly accepted that, of course, the broader leadership competencies are, are necessary if an organisation is going to be change-able. But, but what mirrors that is the need for the the, the, the rest of the members of the organisation. De- I, I hate the word, but it's what we use in the literature, of the change targets and their ability to adapt to change. Um, and that comes used often a, a underpinning competency of that is or capabilities around resilience so um, I just put that out there for those listening to be thinking about what are you doing in your organisation to to recruit for and to build resilience in your people because that will enable the change ability of your organisation. But I'm, I, again, pull myself into line, that's not change management competency, that's the broader change ability of the organisation. Yeah, so sorry, back to your question there, King, Um what did the specific articles um, harness there for you? Did you have anything on that, Naomi?
0: Yeah, the the article that was from Forbes. Um, so, um, people, I'll just give people a moment to to scramble and grab grab that article. And the quote there, and and I see this as one of the benefits of having change competency and I I think it's both it's the change manager competency but it's also change competency as, as you point out so rightly Gordon and I'm quoting here the only way to keep up is to enhance the ability to shift priorities adapt processes and practices and engage employees without losing momentum and I feel as though those last three words a key without losing momentum. It's it's the gold standard of changes, you know that that we can, we are so used to change and we have the competency that it it we can roll with it. That that's beautiful. Out of that article.
2: Yeah, thank you, Naomi. Look, I obviously, agree entirely, um, and and well well documented there in the Forbes article, but. But in practice, that can be, that is very challenging, of course, to implement um, to without losing momentum. Um, yeah. So that, that's, I think it is a gold standard. And I, would you think that's aspirational without losing momentum? Because certainly that's where my head's at, but I'd love to hear other views on that. Is, is that an aspirational standard without losing momentum? I think
1: when it comes, picking up on both of your points, when it comes to without losing momentum, I think there's there is the change management components, but I was just reflecting on your point, God, and about the wider change competency. Um and certain organi and, and this plays into our space as change managers actually it plays into an HR space as well. There are certain ways of designing and actually structuring our organization that make it more or less resilient to change. And then there's certain ways of setting up your boards. Um so you're scanning and aware of change and proactive. I, 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 I do hug back to the start of dreadful memories but start of COVID and I think I'm based in the UK if our UK government had been less focused on Brexit that has seen COVID coming we might have reacted a bit faster but it's all a case of actually being aware of what might be coming next and not getting distracted feeding into your organizational processes to let you be agile to let you pivot but then if you're set up in certain ways rather than others it's it's more or less challenging but it's, it's what's being asked to of organizations in order to succeed, I think, in, in most sectors at the moment, is my observation. If you're not agile and responsive to change, you're gone.
2: Yeah. Um, so I, look, this leads me into the the first article, which was, sorry, Sky, maybe you can put that up. It was on the first list, um, the first of the ones listed. And the the definition of change competency they had, I'm going to give you the second part of their definition first, which was successfully implement and promote acceptance of change. And I thought, yeah, ho hum, that's pretty good. But it was actually the first part of that that got me to stop and think, and that was to anticipate the need for change. And that makes total sense when I read it. But I must admit, if someone had said what is the definition of a change competency, I probably only would have gone to the second part, which was to successfully implement and promote acceptance of change. So I think what this becoming coming onto this panel as broadened my thinking is to keep very much overtly that a change management competency includes anticipating the need for change. When I'm brought into an assignment to assist with a change, normally the need for change has been decided, the direction has been set, I may or may not get to influence how they define what success looks like and so on. Often that's already done. So I, uh, so that was a prod to me to think about that part of the change competency in this anticipating the need for change.
0: Yeah, and ap- absolutely. In that article, they're, they're talking about the context for advocates for change where you um, are grabbing people out of the organization with a certain skill set to come and take a change leadership role effectively, but one perhaps more influencing rather than positional and the the attitudes and behaviors that, that those roles need to have. But I, at first when I read the article and I read the definition of change management competency, I I, I was like, what? What? That's that's not how I would understand change competency because I, I go towards more the HR model of a, a competency framework and or, or an organizational competency framework work like um, a core corn ferry model or where you've got actual competency statements. Um so yeah, it was interesting to to reflect on where they where they took this article that it, it's quite um Broad and and less for me. It was less change management um, technical,
2: um, as as in.
0: Well, if I'm thinking change management competencies, as I mentioned before, I'm thinking um, behaviours. So, and and building up statements in accountabilities for for change leaders. Uh, I'll give you an example at the Department of Justice uh, in our. For our senior executive service, so the, the most senior leaders in, in the organization, they have a set of accountabilities, documented accountabilities. And one of their accountabilities is called change management. And they have key performance indicators that um and, and their key performance indicator is to be identified as accountable as as change leaders for specific changes, active in sponsorship and being able to articulate change vision and driving changes. Um, so yeah, actually now now I've now I've come full circle because back to this article, that that's the
1: type of things that they're exploring, but at, at that change advocates level. And I think that's fabulous. I one of the things that I was noting down, I, I quite like the the article um, and the different areas it talked about to focus. But one of the things I thought that actually missed was any, any component of measurements and holding people to account. Um, and I like exactly what you've just called out because it's a really clear, tangible measure for a senior leader to have uh, to start to build the, to, or to send the message in the organization that we're serious about this. We're going to put this in as a KPI for our senior leaders and we're going to measure them and hold them to that.
2: Yeah, um, I am the Department of Justice. Uh, I mean, I think my experience with the public sector in Australia is the, the federally and at each of the states, they all have their leadership uh, competency frameworks. And, and my experience in my state and federally is that change management is part of that. Um, and it's great to see. Um, it gives us as change as change managers, change consultants, something to hang on to to go when we go into those organisations. Um, to do that work. So um, I, I have looked at these leadership frameworks in other English-speaking countries. They do seem to be pretty similar. They seem to follow, follow each other around the, around the world. Someone makes an improvement. <laughs> Someone's obviously you know looking over the fence a fair bit because they are in know public domain. Um, yeah, so really good to see. And, and um, it, again, I think it shows how far um, the recognition of the need for this work has come. Yeah.
0: What I do think is still missing, although the the CMI accreditation model gives a really good framework for behaviors on for change managers. What I do think is missing, and, and it's so encouraging to see some of the, the work in defining accountabilities more broadly around the change leadership role. What I think is missing is is actually exploring that the change advocates more, which is why, like, because I'm I'm not used to um, I guess seeing li- liter- literature that is dealing with that level so much, because there's there's really specific. The, I break out uh, change advocates um, using Jen Fram's method actually, um, where she describes three categories of of change advocates. So there are change agents, and we're all quite used to that in whatever language you use. Change uh, super users and change enablers, and she describes the change enablers uh, as all of those functions like HR or IT or um, you know even procurement in an organisation that that need to be in the tent with the change because at some point they'll be asked to do something, and and for me that that level of I, I suppose description of of what's in what kind of behaviors and competencies are we expecting to go along with those roles i mean i'm sure i'm sure there are people on this call that have done that work when when they've needed to but um but we're not not seeing it yet you know across the board in, in the way that we are starting to see the description of of change leaders competencies um, it'd be here, it'd be interesting to um, hear what types of competencies we would expect in
1: to explore further the the change agents' competencies. I think you you make a a really interesting point, Naomi. Um, and I think for me, one of the things that does stand out is with a model like that, the comp- the competencies are kind of outlined for the different roles, the different players in the space. But if you're approaching an organization to embed and build or build a change management capability competency, I guess for me, is how do the pieces link together? Um, there's lots of organizations that have a super a network and some change agents. Um, there's lots of other organizations and sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're different where they bring in change management specialisms to run a project or a program, and then they vanish, leaving a little bit behind. But for me, I guess the, the question is if we're talking about building a a capability, building competency across an organization, how do you how do you connect the pieces so you get uniformity and consistency and actually for some individuals progression? What what's your thought? What are your thoughts and experience?
0: My thoughts, it, it has been very bit bitsy and piecey, bits and pieces, that that those models get built um, per project mm-hmm. and exactly that, the the knowledge and the the thinking, all the planning, and the the strategizing of, you know, why would you put this behavior in for this role, um, gets lost and gets rebuilt for the next one and the next one. Gordon, what do you? I
2: thought also my experience, um, but I think the questions are really one that we need to keep asking Kim, And and thank you for asking it. Um, the where I see it coming together um, is where you do get. Um, a, a change framework of some sort is developed um, and that is applied across the organisation and then from that, you, you've got a a, you know, a base, a standard, whatever language works for you, that you can then start to audit the organisation, audit projects against. Um, it's a place people can go to to work out how they are going to manage this change and, and they can become capable quick, more quickly um, because those tools have been made available to them, um, not I haven't seen too many do that. There's one of the universities in my city. I happen to be of the fringe of, of assisting in development of a of a capability framework. Um, I was mentoring a change manager in New Zealand, um, and and that change manager was building a change framework for their public sector organisation. Um, and I think there's a couple of the resource industries. Um, in Australia that may have been developing change frameworks. So that's the, ex- that that I'm not saying that's all there is, that's what I've actually come across, um, where those frameworks have been developed, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting isn't it? Sorry, uh, Naomi, go ahead please. Uh, I was just going to say what
0: we are seeing more these days is the direction towards um, position descriptions including change in it which is encouraging statements of duties as, as we see um, we have in the state service here. Um, but very interesting to consider when we're building change frameworks and toolkits, and I'm sure a lot of people on this call have built or, or are building change frameworks and toolkits to, to consider what, what, is, what are your accountabilities and behaviours uh, for all the different roles that are that need to be in your organisation because we're very good at understanding what a change analyst does, what a what a change manager does, what a senior change manager does. But yeah, not not so much on the um, where we need to bring people out of the business to work on
2: stuff. If I can predict the future on that, um, I, I think we can look at our cousins in the project management field, um, and there are many organisations where there are established project management frameworks for the organisation and and no one would deem of doing a project without referring or utilising the essential project management framework. Um, so I, I think that is a fair predictor for where our profession will go um, and if you want to get ahead of the game as a change um, professional in your organisation, start taking the lead on developing the change framework for your organisation, including developing the change competencies for different roles.
0: One of the things I was going to mention was out of the ProSci article, in in the first section about being a, a change-ready organization. And the last line there saying change management will be evident in the organization's processes, structure, visible in the actions and behaviors of executives, senior leaders, people managers, et cetera, et cetera. One of the, um, one of the things that we're working on at the Department of Justice, just to share an example or to illustrate, is we're we are reviewing strategic documentation across the organization and project documentation to have a look at the inclusion of change management considerations. Now, ultimately that will result in those senior change senior leaders needing to build change competency in order for, because these documents are coming to them with change considerations included. So they need, they, they need to understand what it is that they're looking at and why and, and the, the context of those change management inclusions. Um, I absolutely agree that the, the change management competencies will, will play out in the organization's processes and, and their structure and that there's visible actions around
1: that. What, what are your thoughts? Gordon, do you want to jump in, and then I'll come in on that.
2: No, no, i would love to hear from you, Kim. Yep, love to hear from you. Um, I,
1: I, I agree with you. I think, I think the challenge of that approach is that you need to have the support and sponsorship to do it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure how many organisations where you have the overt support to start to put those put those into people's um, role descriptions, start to have them as measures, to have them as, as things that are reviewed in, in end-of-year review processes. And then people are bonused and rewarded based on whether they've done those or not. So it it, it is interesting. I, I like, the, i come back to the Beresai paper. I like it because it lays out a very simple set of building blocks. If you're going to think about change management, competency, or organisation, think about these five things. Um, I think there is, there is, there is a probably about five levels of detail that you need to go under that to actually be able to to enable them and to deliver that, but I wondered what our thoughts are on how do you how do you build commitments to building uh, change management capability and competency in your organization Because that's that's kind of the hardest nut to crack. How did you get it in the Department of Justice? It shouldn't take more than
2: half an hour that so most.
0: In the Department of Justice, we we undertook a change maturity assessment, so organisational change maturity assessment, and um, there's a there's a post in it about it with some with some resources in the the CMI um, <laughs> member portal. And so, if anyone wants to follow up on that, so we engaged the business unit managers. They assessed their business unit. We had 50 questions that they answered. Um, That's the secretary. Yeah, the secretary of the department suggested to them that they do that. So that that helped and she is a big supporter of change management. And then the executive of the department did an aspirational assessment and then we saw the gap. Played the gap back, and that then built a strategy on that because um, it was fairly evident what the problem was and the opportunity was, uh, and that that's how we we built that commitment. But it was, yeah, members of the executives uh, were already on board, so it yeah, well, I was on the shoulders of giants when when I arrived.
2: Yeah. Look. So I'm going to take slightly different tack. in to Naomi mentioned that they did have the backing of some senior people. Let's let's go to where you don't, um, and that's the. Um, you know, that's challenging. Can I say? Dare I say, in a mischievous mood? Mode that can be fun um, if you've got the appetite to uh, to engage in it, um, and I would. Fortunate to think that's sometimes where we can add the most value. If you've got the backing of someone senior, someone with power, then you've you, you know you've got permission to go and spend time on it and do things. And and Naomi, congratulations on the approach. It sounded absolutely first rate for for what you had to do there. Um, but where you don't have that, it's it's a bit like. Um, where we really have to use every ounce of our change management skill and, and change um, management now. And a, a colleague of mine coined the term um, change ninja. Um, so this is where you apply all those change capabilities, sometimes in an underground subversive but in a positive sense. So subversive not to undermine the, the, the direction of the organisation that's subversive in that you're doing things that you don't necessarily have permission to do but are good for the organization anyway. Um, and you might be running the risk of losing your job if you keep doing them um, because you might not be getting other things done that people want you to do. So I guess a few things there without trying to dominate this conversation too much. Um, things you can do in that circumstance is is, is you work in this sort of covert the um, way but seek out other people who, who like you think that some change management methodology would be a good idea and they will be around. There'll be others who have been frustrated by projects who haven't worked well or maybe they have a particular humanistic um, outlook on life and for organisations and, and think we could do this stuff better for the sake of the people um, and they might be people who have a very hard-edged business view and think we're just not getting the payback on this We need to do this stuff better." Um, So, you you can attract a whole range of people. Now, within that group, you want to be sort of looking out for the most senior and influential person you can, um, who can start to be an advocate for you at the most senior level you can get to, whatever that is. and then maybe you can identify places where you can start to implement change management that's probably going to be on a project by project basis um where you can get some examples up and running then then the key is to to measure 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 so demonstrate the the benefits that the change management delivered so evaluate everything um when you get into that space and and then clearly you know, this is this was back into our our bread and butter change management one hundred and one publicise benefits. You know, publicise the small wins. Let them know what value the change management add, um, and use these opportunities to keep to grow the coalition. And you just keep going with that cycle. And and I I coined the phrase. I use the phrase spiral your way up the organisation as you build the coalition. Make your way up into successively higher levels. Um. And I think I'll stop talking about it at that point. That, that's my take on that piece. And I've seen that done well a, a few times um, where people have had the courage um, and the commitment to do that. Because um, you might decide if, if the organisation is not into it, it might be easy just to go work somewhere else. You know? Go work for the Department of Justice where Naomi is, and, and work under her like a great relationship, and, um, and, and get to do some good work really quickly. Yeah.
1: And the word is half decent if you're in the UK, much better in Australia, Tasmania. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I've seen I guess I've seen organizations where they've overtly set up um a small internal change management team because they were aware of a bigger range of changes. And I think that was driven from a procurement perspective when they looked at how much money they were spending on external consultancies to deliver change management in their organisation and it was very fragmented. Um, I think the thinking was along the lines of let's actually get a small team of experts that we have internally um, and then we have the linchpins into bringing external consultants in and we can make sure we've got consistency and standardisation. And also we we get what we're paying for because there is an element of it is a little bit like buyer beware when you uh, bring in but it can be like buyer beware when you bring in consultants to do change management if you don't know what you're buying. Um, so this was an organization that wanted to be much smarter about what it was buying and making sure it was getting the right the right ways of addressing its business needs. So I think that's interesting. I, I, and also to echo your point, Gordon, um, I, not intentionally, but I, I, I was asked to join a project to turn around something that was failing and we'd, uh I didn't change the change management approach, but I changed the focus um and it wasn't easy, but we turned around the program and it was quite successful and then people wanted to know what we'd done successful so by generating success, you then engage the interest what if you don't how can I do that in in my part of the organization so mm. it, it's it's not a one size fits all and it's definitely not easy
2: no but it can be fun it right? um if you up but but it was fun, hard work, but fun. <laughs> um, there's a question come up there in the chat, Sky, I'll just read it out, is, that, is how do you temper expectations from exec when they desire it all, but you have to start at framework and project management level? Anybody want to have a go at that? The,
0: the way we did it was to, when we built our strategy off the maturity work, we created a vision and we advised that we would work in four areas. So we were going to work. So we had four buckets of activities that we were going to work in. We said change capability, change reporting, change resourcing, and change framework and toolkit. To temper the enthusiasm, we built a program of work, basically, so sounds quite simplistic but that that timeline view helped to build expectations of what's coming next what's coming next and and then we could explain that why these are sequential that you need this component in before you can do this component and when you have that component then you can do that component and and look at how many benefits you'll have by the time we get through this five-year journey um, so we we time blocked it. And, and created, uh, we are creating annual work plans, uh, that have a number of change management activities in it. Um, yeah, so we put that, uh, in and we built a governance structure as well. So our executive is a change management committee and we have a deputy secretary, which is like your 2IC to, for anyone in the commercial world. Uh, so, or like a VP. That each head up a working group, so we discuss activities and timing with them, then take it up to the that what is effectively our change management committee, and get get agreement through conversation along the way about timing. And um, yeah, there is my long-winded answer to that. Uh,
2: Oh, great! Look, thanks again, Naomi. Um, again, really thorough. Um, so it sounds like you got to build a really robust um, foundation that would be sustainable and take the organization forward, you know, it would be would work for the organization for some time. Um, what I'm going to say might sound a bit glib, but I've seen it missed so often, so I'm going to say it. But if you're going to want to implement change management, remember to apply change management principles in the implementation of change management. How obvious is that? But I've seen that missed so often where people say, here it is, here's the framework that they've picked up, that they've decided is good. And it might be really good, but they've missed that that buy-in opportunity, the engagement piece and all those principles of change management that we would would tend to carefully critique other projects for doing. Um, So just remember that to engage your various stakeholders at each step along the way you know, set your vision, set your KPIs and your indicators of success, um, you know, de- develop, understand who's going to be impacted and how and develop your interventions around those. Um, so, yeah, just remember that principle of applying, please, to applying change management to the implementation of change management. So easily missed.
1: And I would I would echo that. I think people quite often are, especially Especially as change management professionals, it's like I've understood your needs. I've created this really sexy change management framework, and I think it's awesome. It's got this and this and this, and you want to steam off and implement it. And it's exactly that—you're not taking the half step back to go right. I've got this awesome idea. Let's do some stakeholder mapping. Who are my key stakeholders? Who can be advocates? Who are in positions of power to influence this to be success? Who will talk to this person? You know, and what's their skin in the game? What can they get out of it? Um, and it's very easy to just kind of press play. Rather than take the step back and and build, um, there's Cottis methodology, isn't it, where you build builds build the guiding coalition that's going to support you to carry this forwards. That's right. Yep. And
0: what do we what do we do when we have a stakeholder that's gone through the change curve and gets to enthusiasm? We we mm-hmm. give them something to do. They, you know, so that executive that's like raring to go. And what a good problem to have, by the way. What are they doing? Get them get them involved and look change curve. You know, uh, Paul Gibbon's view on the change curve being non evidence based aside, you know, you get you get the concept.
2: Yep, yep.
3: There's a question um, in the chat, guys, um, and, and and it's a probably well timed question around um, looking at competencies and and is it is it mainly at portfolio program and project level that we look at change competency or are there other areas or levels?
0: I see it as an organisational wide um, exercise um, I think that's where Gordon was was going early on in this conversation I I see it as being concepts and behaviours that, that you can build a whole bunch of interventions off um, so we're Designing. I'll give you an example, and I'm giving these examples as illustration, not not to say, look, well, how, how great is DOJ? I'm saying, um, so we're designing change capability training for our HR team, and those competency statements out of the CMI model gives us gives us a place to start. And anyone who's done training and assessment, and and I think a training and assessment qualification is good for change managers. Would know that if you can if you can start with that competency and and you've got that organizational wide consistency on what that behaviour is and means, which is why I think it's beyond the portfolio level. I think it's organizational wide. Then you've you've got something to build um, training programs off to to build that competency. If you know what I mean.
2: Good background. I'm wondering whether that question can be teased out a bit. I'm not when you say, is it. Is it just for the portfolio and project level or is it organization wide um, I, I can't see the question for some reason but how no. yeah I mean, um, but I'm, i agree with Naomi. I think we need to be thinking about change competence as organization wide absolutely agree with that if we um and I would and I think people in the organization um if they um Want a future with, with any organization, they need to be thinking about how they're going to be part of changes and what their role in that is going to be. And that requires some type of competency to do that. that that's a Gordon view. But um, yeah, I've been reading some stuff around AI recently, and that's just blowing my mind about uh, what's what's going to be coming down the, the line at all of us. Um, so, but where I'm not sure if Naomi, if, if I'm supporting what you're saying or going slightly different. Uh, the the competencies around portfolio, program, project versus people not in those direct project type roles might be nuanced, might be slightly different. So, and and um, any leader in an operational part of the business needs to have some competence around change and change leadership. I think is is only going to be useful if they have that. That competence may be a bit different to the people who is someone who is a project manager or a program director. Um, so, yeah, there are some nuances in those skills. Is is my I hope, but whatever that is compared to what Naomi had to say. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I would build on what both of you have just said. I think, from my perspective, I'd probably ask the question: What are we trying to achieve? What's our target outcome? Um, with with change around professionals we we walk into a space that's probably like a builder walking to a house and going well here's 15 things I could do what what do you want to do what's your focus what's your priority Um, and also to the point that was made earlier how much senior sponsorship and endorsement do you have if you've got that level of senior sponsorship and endorsement then I think yes competencies for those involved in the project the portfolio but then thinking about the wider competencies that the organisation needs if you're at that point where you've gradually got a couple of change resources onto a program and they're not quite sure why you're there i think it's very much about demonstrating the quick wins the high value delivered to then get permission to have some of these other conversations um also i would add into that is if you're going to go with the competencies think about how to make them current and how to make them relevant because exactly to Gordon's point you know AI is taking the world by storm how do we reflect that into competencies and I know one of the papers mentioned we can't we we can no longer do the traditional waterfall approach of do the analysis design the change program deliver it do the adoption because the world's moved on I think this is another example of us needing to look at what we would embed as competencies to make sure that we we're staying current and we're staying relevant to the conversation that's happening
2: yeah Absolutely. thank you very much Skies just put that question up so that the, I can see it. So I shouldn't be all can. Um, it's a little clearer for me. Um, the a couple of things just to build on that. I think coming down more to the granular level. Um, yeah, there's the, some of the skills you need at say portfolio program level compared to project levels are a bit different. Um, and the CMI um, CMI recently ran a training program in change portfolio management, which, by the way, I commend to everyone. I, I found it excellent. Um, so that I thought there was some really useful um, insights, ways of thinking that you need to be taking in at the change portfolio level compared to the cha- to the project uh, level of change management. So that was really useful. Um, and I guess to go back to that question, are there other levels? Yes, I think that there should be change uh, competence for everyone in an organisation. So um, it's not just limited to that uh, you know, strategy, uh, portfolio, program, project line of an organisation. It should apply across an organisation is my thinking. Yeah.
0: There was a question in the chat on where can we find contemporary CM competencies? Uh, earlier on, we mentioned that the Change Management Institute has a set of competencies that that you can use. That uh, it's it's the basis for the accreditation program. Uh, so the the foundation, the specialist, and the master. Um, it's it's very thorough and is uh, can be used in a lot of different ways to to for Change Managers and Leaders to Grow Change Management Competency and Capability. Uh, so that's one place you can start. Joyce?
2: Yeah, thanks. And look, there's a couple of books I've just grabbed off my bookcase. I'm assuming you're all familiar with the Change Management Book of Knowledge. There's some really great material in there. And in the Change Managers Handbook, which um, you can see I can use a fair bit, um, there's some great guidance in that as well. Um, there are a couple of my go-to well, it's mainly because they do a really good job of referring you on to other sources um, as well as having good information in their own right. Um, yeah. Were there any there's other questions? Another
3: quest- yeah, there was another question in there for Kim. Uh, so Kim, you spoke about change management, quick wins uh, to show mm. fast, oh, uh, well, I sort of lost up there. I don't know if you can see it. Can you give, um, to show value fast, can you give some examples that worked for you?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a good question back at me. Um, I think what I have tended to do in the past is I've worked with a client and we've mapped what are the changes that we need to achieve, um, how easy are they to to do, and then how much value do they, they deliver? Because I find my my perception might be different to their perception, Um we mapped it in a two by two at a, at a at a macro level, and then we focused on the ones where they they saw immediate value. They, they can be things like. Oh, if there's if some easy training that will make a big difference or some of the behavioral training that will start to make a big difference some, some of that depends on the industry that you're in but some of the really basic um, yeah, role plays how to, how, to, how to run meetings how to do performance reviews those sorts of things that we don't think are anything special some organizations can be crying out for those and they, those can make a step change in what they see as a difference um, equally if it's a technology type program is there a piece that you can roll out faster that will, will make a bigger difference? Something simple and straightforward that can be adopted. Um, but then people start to see the value and you, if you do a really good job on the adoption um, of those those simpler but big value items, um, that can start to change the way people see you. And I'm sure uh, Naomi and Gordon have got some great examples as well. Sorry, that was a bit woofly. Um,
2: I'll have a go. Um, any, a- a methodology that I have found worked was often, not always, often with an initiative, there'll be a pilot group um, and if we can grab hold of the the views of the pilot, people in the pilot group before, particularly where there are negative views, um, and then we take them through the change process and then hopefully, if you've been effective, um, you'll see that those views are removed really from um, you know, somewhere towards the negative end to somewhere less towards the negative end, shall we say, at least if not towards the positive end. So capturing those two stages, um, and then and then being able to put that in front of other people, saying, "Look, this is where people started. This they went through this process, and this is where they are now." I, I'd, if that's that's, in I hope that's an example of a quick win for our questioner. Um, Kerry, I hope that's an example that may work. So you're using the pilot group to gather that before and after data before you move to the bigger group um, that's going to go through whatever that process is.
1: And just to very quickly build on that point, and then we can come to Naomi, I did something similar with a technology rollout project. Pilot, it was a unionised workforce in the UK, um, some really non-tech people. The pilot group were really passionate about the difference it made use the use of the technology. we we were rolling out handheld devices, say paperwork. Um and then we got them to be part of our engagement sessions and briefing sessions and film little videos. Um th- but they were they were once they'd seen the difference it made, they'd gone from people who were being very skeptical to being people who, who were very, very uh, eloquent and passionate about the change. Naomi, I can see you waiting to come in. oh uh, no I
0: I was um looking at uh a question around are there resources or books or articles you can recommend for learning more about building successful change advocates groups. Um, That book I referred to before, Jen Fram, it's called Conversations of Change. She outlines what those different roles do. Um, Great book. Um, I I do recommend that one. Um, I'm also, uh, I'm still stuck on Gordon's um, Spiralling Your Way Up. I absolutely love that. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in, um, if you don't like the, the current system, go and build your own, Uh just get, get stuff moving. Um, and I love the concept of change ninja. Uh, it's like, it makes me think of Kung Fu. Maybe we start a movement of, uh, change-fu <laughs> on that lovely
3: note, <laughs> thank you Naomi. um so we've got four minutes left, believe it or not. So um it'd be good to just get so, sort of your final thoughts um on on the uh, on the topic today. Um Gordon, do you
2: wanna do you wanna give us oh. can can you come back to me, please? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Still wonder why we know
0: absolutely, absolutely. Go on Naomi. There's a lot in this space and as change managers and leaders we have we're on a journey to grow our change management competency and capability and, and and to do that in our roles you know you look at the the circle of control circle of influence what can we control in our workplaces where can we be teaching others where can we be coaching others where can we be uh, sponsoring and and running communities of practice and uh, where can we be purposeful about our own, annual learning plans who has an annual learning plan um you know and if you don't this uh, January's coming up you know what what is your change competency learning plan for 2024 um and just a yeah final thought um go forth and do change foo.
1: thanks Naomi go on Kim yeah I I think as, as you start to scratch the surface on this topic you realize how big it is and how many how many oh. aspects and, and facets there are to it I think I have I, I have I have two thoughts actually three thoughts I have one which is be really clear on the scope that you're trying to deliver and mm. don't get into boil the ocean when actually mm. what you need to do is something much more constrained manage expectations around that um the second one is find buddies, find other people who have a similar mindset to work with, because if, if you're in an organization where there's less support, it can be really grueling and a real test of your own resilience. There will be buddies out there. There might be in HR. They might be comms. They may be in other middle managers, senior managers. Find the buddies to work with. Find your allies. Build your, your um, guiding coalition, as Cotta would say. And then the third thing is a very good point that Naomi highlighted that we, we're all guilty of doing, I think, because we're so very busy don't forget your own change management development and competency and keeping yourself open and
2: current. well done, guys. look a couple of points I've noted down look I'm, I didn't want to reinforce change management competency is vital, so you know thank you to CMI and Sky for you on behalf of CMI bringing this to the table um it, For me, this has broadened what what change competency is it's not just about um, promoting and and developing the acceptance of change, but this other bit about Being the people out there looking at what changes are necessary and getting clear on what they are and bringing those to the table is a competency that's really vital in organizations. Um, And some of the conventional literature on change management competency doesn't necessarily pick that up. Um, And change competence, change competency for all, it might be different. Different people in different roles in the organization maybe have different competencies, but we all need competencies around change. Um, and and I would, would hope people would be picking up on that thought. Yep. thank you.
3: Brilliant. Well, thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you, Kim. I can't believe how quickly the hour flies by. I hope you found the discussion today valuable and uh, we'll bring the call to a close. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, everyone, for attending. Thanks,
1: everyone.